0: 6 o'clock hour, a Budweiser's weekday sports beat from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We kick off this hour by talking Notre Dame football and Notre Dame baseball with Tyler Horka from Blue and Gold Illustrated. He is their Notre Dame football beat reporter. You can check out his work at blueandgold.com. Well, it's going to be an interesting day tomorrow because tomorrow we expected to hear from C.J. Carr, the class of 2024, five-star quarterback from Saline, Michigan, the grandson of former Michigan head coach Lloyd Carr. And he is expected to pick the University of Notre Dame. Carr was just at Irish Invasion at Notre Dame over the weekend. This story has moved rapidly, and C.J. Carr might be fighting Irish in about 25 hours. And we bring in Tyler into this conversation. Tyler, I know you're not a recruiting expert. You follow recruiting on the side as well as being a Notre Dame football beat reporter. Could I get just your reaction to CJ Carr, the grandson of Lloyd Carr, possibly picking Notre Dame and what it means possibly for the future of the quarterback position at Notre Dame?
1: For the last, what, five, I don't want to say five months, but at least pretty much since the turn of the year. So maybe maybe it has been five months. All we've been talking about is Dante Moore this, Dante Moore that. And look, there's still a chance that Notre Dame goes after Dante Moore, even if C- they land CJ Carr tomorrow night, like you were saying. But this is the type of thing that I think Notre Dame fans have been waiting for, in which a top five quarterback, because that's what CJ Carr is right now. He's ranked as the number five quarterback in the class of 2024 per the on three consensus ratings, commits to Notre Dame and says, yeah, Notre Dame is the school that I want to go to. He can go pretty much anywhere. I think his options are down to Georgia and LSU and, of course, Michigan. So there are some really good schools on the table for CJ Carr. If he were to pick Notre Dame, I think it's the moment that people have been waiting for in which Marcus Freeman has been recruiting his tail off for Notre Dame for about a year and a half now, ever since He came on staff in January of 2021, but the thought has always been, okay, yeah, he's getting really good defensive players, and, you know, some good offensive guys are coming in, but when is Notre Dame going to get that heralded quarterback? This might be that moment, and again, it's not Dante Moore, but that doesn't mean Dante Moore is, you know, out of the fold. This is kind of a point of reckoning in which Notre Dame is asserting itself in the recruiting landscape, telling all of these other schools hey, you guys want C.J. Carr, but we can land him, and we're going to bring him in, and he's going to be really good for Notre Dame. And then, obviously, everybody knows what kind of trickle effect that has in recruiting. Notre Dame is going to keep going after, you know, the four-star quarterbacks, the top five quarterbacks, the five-star quarterbacks even because of this. So short-term, it helps in recruiting. Long-term, it could absolutely help Notre Dame on the field. I think if he picks Notre Dame and he comes in here in 2024, by that point, You know, Tyler Buckner might be on the way out. Notre Dame needs a succession plan, so CJ Carr might be that guy. And I think by that time, I mean, we're talking two years down the line. uh, I mentioned Dante Moore. There's some of these other guys that have been connected to Notre Dame in recruiting at the quarterback position of late. I think Notre Dame is going to have options, and this is just kind of the very beginning of the quarterback renaissance, if you will, at Notre Dame.
0: Well, let me ask you about this Carr-Moore situation from this standpoint. I asked a Twitter question of the day yesterday. And basically, with Carr likely picking Notre Dame, you as a fan, does it change the urgency you have about the Irish getting Dante Moore? 67.3% said the Irish still need Dante Moore. 32.7% say this lessens the need. For Dante Moore, you could argue both are good answers. I'm just wondering, Tyler, and you mentioned the succession plan. If all goes well, Tyler Buckner starts the next two years and maybe a third, maybe after two years, he's an NFL prospect and he moves on. That kind of works perfectly into the C.J. Carr succession plan. Hey, you still want Dante Moore. He is one heck of a football player. The more great players you can have on one roster, the better. Now it's hard to manage all of them and keep them happy in the transfer portal world. But do you understand some Irish fans now saying, well, maybe this lessens the need for Dante Moore?
1: I would side with the majority in okay. that that Notre Dame should still go hard after Dante Moore and get Dante Moore because – at the end of the day, if you've got two guys like that and two years down the down the line, you're having to choose between those two guys, then you're in a really good spot. If you only land one of them and maybe C.J. Carr gets hurt or he's not what you thought he was or you have all of your eggs in the C.J. Carr basket and it doesn't work out, well, that basket's not worth so much at that point. So I say bring them both in, let them duel it out. I think Notre Dame has a really competitive practice atmosphere and the best guy will win. If you have both of those guys going head-to-head, there's not going to be a situation where someone is favored. I don't think Tommy Reese is that kind of coach. Marcus Freeman is definitely not, not that type of coach. He's going to you know, put the best guy in there. and I think most you can say that about most coaches, but what you can also say about college football at this point is you want to have as many guys at every single position that you can choose from to help your football team win. And at the quarterback position, that's generally only two guys. Look at this year. Um, I know yeah. Steve Angeli might factor into this at some point, but right now, if you're Notre Dame, you're saying it's either Tyler Buckner or it's Drew Pine. You've got a, a situation where you're choosing between two guys. If those two guys are Dante Moore and CJ Carr, I think Notre Dame is in a really good spot in a couple years and probably still contending for college football playoff appearances and maybe taking that next step toward a national title.
0: I love your comments. I'm just going to add this. At the end of the day, C.J. Carr and Dante Moore today, tomorrow, next week, they have not signed on the dotted line. And until that happens, you keep Mm -hmm. recruiting. You never know what can happen. Stranger things have happened. Tyler Horka, Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. I'd like to ask you about Clemson for a second. Back on the Fighting Irish schedule this year, They fell off their perch as a college football playoff team last year. Their offense struggled without Trevor Lawrence. They had a, a pretty good running back we are familiar with from the recruiting wars, Will Shipley. But the quarterback position was a major issue last year. The guy we saw take Trevor Lawrence's place, placed the COVID year at Notre Dame Stadium, who looked very, very good, struggled last year. And I'm just wondering, as you look at this Clemson football team, who's coming back to South Bend in November for another primetime matchup. As you look at this Clemson football team, a football team that's had some amazing quarterback play through the years, is the quarterback position a major question mark for Dabo Sweeney's team this year?
1: I would call it a question mark. I don't know if I'm ready to call it a major question mark, and I might be in the minority of that. I think there's a lot of people out there, especially fans, especially fans who don't root for Clemson, who think that Clemson is in a really bad spot right now. I mean, everybody saw, you, you mentioned what DJ Uyunglele, and I think I said that right the first time. So Perfect. I'm just going to call him DJU from now on, uh, upon further references. But DJU, he came in, he did a really fine job at Notre Dame, and that was kind of a... I don't want to say it was a no pressure situation, but he was, you know, relieving Trevor Lawrence and the expectations weren't that high for him. He was a true freshman. I think he was at the time last year, obviously took a major step back. He wasn't good by any means. The Clemson offense suffered because of that, but you have to ask was that because of the offensive line or the things that he did or didn't have around him? I think Clemson's going to give him another shot, but we were just talking about wanting to have options at the quarterback position. And guess what? Clemson does, because DJU himself is a five-star. Cade <laughs> Klubnik, the quarterback who's coming in from Texas, my home state, is also a five-star. You've got two five-star guys that you're choosing from right there. That is exactly where every elite program wants to be. Sometimes five-stars don't work out, and we might see that with DJU. And if it, if that happens, maybe Cade Klubnik is the guy that is starting against Notre Dame in November that's late enough in the season to where I think Clemson will know who their guy is by then and that guy will be the one starting barring injury or anything like that so at the end of the day they have two five-star quarterbacks I think one of them is going to be really good if it's the true freshman okay he might be going through some growing pains and maybe they can't win in a hostile environment like Notre Dame Stadium at night uh, in late in the season because of that but I don't think Clemson's going to be bad by any means just because DJU struggled last year. I don't think it was all his fault. I think Clemson figures it out. They've been an elite program for about a decade now. They're going to be good. And, and that's one of the games that I'm looking forward to the most. I think everyone keeps talking about USD. We talked about USD on here before. I'm excited for that, too. But don't write off this Clemson team. If I know anything about Dabo Sweeney, hmm. he wants to get right back to that college football playoff because that's kind of where they've belonged of late.
0: he's Tyler Horka blue and gold illustrated Notre Dame football beat reporter expectations for possible all-American Notre Dame defensive lineman Isaiah Foskey this year
1: yeah I think he's going to be really good I think he's going to compete for that all-time single season sack record again he kind of uh, you know he was really surging toward that in the middle of last season and then tailed off at the end of last season and I don't think he's a guy that's really driven by individual accolades. I don't think that's why he came back. I think he came back to be a part of something really special at Notre Dame. And he is a really special football player, so he can absolutely help in, you know, whatever team accolades Notre Dame's going for, national championship. We, we hear it all the time. I don't think that goal has changed. Marcus Freeman said that's the goal. That's the goal as soon as this season. Isaiah Fofke wants to be a part of that. I think he's going to be aided by – the rest of that defensive line too. I know two of the starters, Kurt Heinrich and Myron Tagavolo amosa are gone, but if Riley Mills is the guy that's filling in for MTA at the strong side defensive end, he's a menace, man. I think he's almost six, six, 280 pounds. That is exactly what you want in a mm-hmm. big end. Obviously the guy replacing Foskey when he needs a breather or the packages change or anything like that, Justin Anamalola, the heck of a defensive end. He's going to get to the quarterback. Uh, And then you got some guys in the middle who I think are really good in Howard Cross, Jacob Lacey, obviously Jason Adamalola. There's just so many plug-and-play guys along that defensive line. That's going to go to Isaiah Foskey's benefit. And we already know what Isaiah Foskey can do, you know, if he was playing with three scrubs, which he's not. (laughs) He's still going to get his sacks. And I think he is – if I had to make a bold prediction on June 6th or 7th, whatever it is today – not june 8th is it i don't even know what day it is if i had to make a prediction in early june i think isaiah foskey gets the sack record i think he gets at least
0: 13 Mm -hmm. sacks notre dame baseball coach link jarrett today announced austin temple will start game one of the super regional at tennessee friday at six o'clock john michael bertrand the ace goes saturday at two o'clock with his 2.27 era your reaction to link going that direction with his rotation
1: yeah. Somebody on the message board asked me this uh, as soon as Sunday, I think it was right after they won that Texas tech game and John Michael Bertrand pitched 107 pitches. And that's exact, this is exactly what I told that user was Michael Bert, John Michael Bertrand is used to going seven days, you know, without starting every seventh day is when he starts or every eighth day. Technically he gets seven full days off rest. So that, timeline you just can't really speed it up to the point where he just pitched over 100 pitches on Sunday and you're asking him to go out there in the biggest game of the year and start five days later I think you give him that extra day so he has six full days of rest recovery rehab whatever he needs to do to get ready for Saturday and look Austin Temple's been really good go look at his number he's got a winning record his ERA is under four um, he's a good strikeout guy with his off-speed stuff, his breaking ball is really good, throws a slider. It's, it's a good, uh, you know, it's, it's a different look from John Michael Bertrand, so I think it's going to throw the Tennessee batting order off a little bit. And then, look, if, if he does his job and Notre Dame is somehow able to steal that first game, you're throwing John Michael Bertrand, one of the best pitchers in the country, your ace, first-team All-ACC player in a potential closeout game on Saturday that's exactly the situation you want to be in if you're Notre Dame where you're pitching your best guy with a chance to make it to the College World Series and if it's the alternative Notre Dame loses and maybe Temple doesn't pitch his best well you have your best pitcher with your back against the wall trying to get to a winner take all game three where anything can really happen so it it was the right decision by Link Jared to go this way.
0: Finally Tyler Jared Miller Looks like he's good to go, has not taken it at bat or played in the field since suffering a dislocated shoulder May 14th. Now he pinch ran over the weekend down in the Georgia Southern Southern Regional. Uh, What could the impact of Miller be on this Irish team if he plays?
1: Man, what a pinch run that was, stealing third and then taking home on a wild pitch. It ended up being uh, quite a decision to put him in the game, but I am a little weary of putting him in the batting order, obviously putting him at second base where he hasn't played uh, in about a month. It's going to be, you know, three, four weeks since he's done those things. But I think this is a situation where he's an older guy on this team. This might be his last shot to, you know, do something like this. And Link Jarrett has a really good relationship with all these guys. When we talked to him today and he was asked specifically about Miller, he said, I want him to play. So I don't think he's really thinking about the – the batting order stuff or what he might do in the field. I think he just wants to get his guy out there in a moment like this. And what everyone is saying is going to be probably the rowdiest super regional of of all the eight. I think the crowd is going to be insane just because Tennessee is what it is this year. And if you do get the Jared Miller who can hit really well and can field very well, then you're bringing in one of your best players, you know, one of your nine best players back into the lineup and back into the field. So that would be huge. But I will say Jack Penny didn't do bad, the freshman that was filling in for him. Yeah. So if somehow Miller reaggravates that or, you know, he goes 0 for 4 with three strikeouts and, and it's just not there, then the alternative isn't uh, a bad option for Link Jarrett. So I'm excited to see what Miller yeah. has, though. Like I said, this is a grand stage, and you want your best players playing on the big stage.
0: Tennessee's supposed to win. Everybody believes they're going to win. They're number one in the country. The guy who had the clutch hit against Georgia Tech rounded first and told the center fielder they're number one. So I guess <laughs> Notre Dame's got absolutely nothing to lose, and they got a chance to shock everybody going down to Knoxville for the Super Regional. I know, Tyler, just despite all of the Notre Dame football recruiting, Notre Dame football news, I know you're going to be covering baseball and folks will be able to check it out at blueandgold.com.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We've got you know a whole story where I go a little – deeper on the decision to pitch Austin Temple in that first game, saving John Michael Bertrand, that story's already up. So you can see that going to have a couple uh, other features leading into that series. Uh, I think it's been awesome. The Notre Dame fans have been showing a lot of interest in baseball and they should rightfully. So Notre Dame has one of the three best winning percentages in the last three seasons. And, you know, they're trying to make it to the college world series for just the third time in program history, all that stuff's going to be up at blue and And then, Obviously, a really big commitment tomorrow night. Stay tuned for that. My coworker, Mike Singer, is going to be all over that. And Ashton Pollard, kind of our utility player, if you will. She's covering baseball as well. She's on the recruiting side. She's doing everything. And and Patrick Engel does a really good job, too. So go to blueandgold.com, $1 for one year. Nobody covers the Notre Dame beat like we do at blueandgold.com. And if you're a Fighting Irish fan, that's where you need to be.
0: Well said. Tyler, thanks for doing this. Greatly appreciate the visit. Let's enjoy some good baseball this weekend. We'll talk to you next Wednesday, hopefully about a team going to the College World Series.
1: Oh, I would love that, and and look, if they make it there, I'm uh, my car is the first one on the highway <laughs> headed to Omaha. It's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite events. I can't wait. Ho- hopefully, they get it done.
0: We'll need a Twitter feed and have all the people following you tweet out the cheapest gas price between here and Omaha to help yeah. you out a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's the one that's right by my apartment. Based on when I just left to go to the store earlier.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, Tyler. Good to visit with you as always. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week.
1: All right, thanks,
0: there. Thank you so much. Tyler Horka, Notre Dame football beat reporter, covers Notre Dame baseball for Blue and Gold Illustrated. BlueandGold.com. We'll talk sports. Wagering next, 628 at WSBT. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.